You're listening to the regular podcast from Pete the Vet's blog. This was first broadcast on East Coast FM. Pete Weatherburn, the vet, is here from Bray Vet on Old Connor in Bray. You're very welcome, Pete. Thanks for coming in once again. Good morning. Good morning. And animals on transport. Can you bring your guide dog if you need us? If you have been designated a guide dog, can you bring a guide dog on a bus, on a train, on an aeroplane? Mm-hmm, you can. Um, basically, what's happened is... Um, Originally, I suppose, animals weren't allowed on aeroplanes because they're a bit unpredictable. And, you know, if they're going to go on a plane, they should go somewhere where they're secure and kept under control. Um, and so they would probably go into the hold. But then what happened was people, especially people perhaps who had guide dogs, dogs that were a very close part of their lives, they, they would say to the airline, look, this is my emotional support animal. I, you know, I get very stressed when I'm on an aeroplane. And I, I need to have my emotional support animal to keep me calm and, and able to fly. And so the airlines conceded to this. Um, and then what happened over the number of years, people began to stretch the definition. And it, it's just in the last two weeks there have been two extreme examples of well, how... This uh, is the peacock case. I mean, The peacock case, right, exactly. Explain to us and remind people about that. So somebody turned up at the airport to check in for their flight and they brought with them their emotional support peacock. And now there's a, <laughs> there's a video of this peacock strutting around the airport, stretching up his tail and looking fantastic, but not really looking like the kind of easily controllable creature you'd want to have sitting on the, uh, in the, in the, the seat beside you when you're in the middle of, of a flight somewhere. So she was not allowed to take her emotional support peacock with her. Now, I have to say, reading between the lines, this lady is a performance artist. And I kind of go, hmm, hmm, that made international headlines. But was there some sort of plan there? Right, yeah. I'm yeah. not sure. A stunt as such, yeah. Perhaps, perhaps, who knows. Um, I mean, there have been, there was an emotional support turkey somebody once took in a plane as well um, in recent times. So people chance around with all sorts of things but the most recent one which just happened was in the news yesterday was very sad in fact and what happened was um, a, a student in Florida um, she took her a little animal called Pebbles who was a support her emotional support dwarf hamster she took that to the airline and tried to go on the flight with that but she was told that um, she couldn't do that um, and that um, she had to you know, do something else. She could not take this hamster on, on, on the flight with her. And she maintained that she was told she either had to let the hamster go or um, or flush it down the toilet. And the airline absolutely denied that anybody said that to her. But apparently what she did after hours of indecision and unsuccessful attempts to rent a car as an alternative way of travelling with this hamster, she told the Miami Herald that she put the hamster in the toilet and flushed it. Now how killed it? She killed it. How could you possibly do that to a little creature that But if you use the word emotion, I mean you've got an emotional bond then with the animal. How could you just go off and kill it? I don't know. I don't I, I don't understand at all. And and again part of me thinks to myself, is this some sort of stunt of some kind as well? Did it really happen at all? A bit like um, the old joke or head, newspaper headline of Freddie Starr Eat My Hamster, which was just a complete um, 
publicity stunt. So you would wonder about this, but that was that's what's in the papers, and do you believe that or not? I don't know. But basically, what this has all brought up is that some of the airlines in the States have begun to take a bit of a harder line on emotional sport animals, which is understandable. And what they now say is that um, you know that that, that uh, therapy pets or emotional sport animals, um, when their passage is being considered on an, aer- an airplane, they have to take into account issues like biting, aggression, urination, defecation, allergic reactions, conflict, and other disruptions. So they're not just saying that you can take any animal on the aeroplane as your emotional support animal. It's much, much more complicated. But I mean, you can't an animal for six hours or something sitting beside you in a plane, can you? <laughs> you know, maybe a trip to Liverpool or something and it's a half an hour flight. You know, you're up and you're down, maybe, but... Well, I once, some... flew, I once flew to London with a swan um, and um, I, it was it was kind of bizarre. It was when CityJet had just been launched, and I there was a swan in Bray Harbour had a had a broken wing, and I I um, talked to the people at the Swan Sanctuary in London. They said, well, we could probably fix that if you can get the swan to us. So I phoned CityJet and said, would you consider that? And they said, sure. So um, well, did you have a crate or something? I thought what was- happened was I, I went along and they they put me in a front seat in first class and they put the swan on my lap. And all the photographers from the national newspapers turned up and took pictures of me, which were then the front page. They of the weren't Irish taking Times. pictures of you, Pete. They were taking pictures of the swan. Swan, me and yeah. the swan. Uh, yeah. And and it was it was. And I remember because I also while I was sitting there, Jerry Ryan phone the Jerry Ryan show, and the, there I was live talking to Jerry Ryan <laughs> on my on my mobile phone, and I was on the front page of the newspaper talking on my mobile phone phone in an, in an airplane, and that was criticised heavily by people at the time because you weren't allowed to speak on mobile phones in airplanes, but of course it was. Um, it was a pose that was set up for the newspapers and as soon as all the photographers had gone away um, indeed I produced uh, a a big wire crate and the swan uh, travelled across in a wire crate because I didn't really need him for emotional support I um, I was there for his emotional support rather than him being there for my emotional support Right, how is it now? Swan did really well it um, got fixed up and ended up living his life out in a private lake in Devon so there you go a far cry from Bray Harbour yeah, you didn't bring it home. It might have been even homesick or something. I mean, did you not think about its, it's emotional support in a different place? I don't know. But uh, back to, say, the beginning. I mean, they're mm. bizarre ones. The hamster one sounds dreadful uh, mm. if it happened, as you Unimaginable. say. Unimaginable. Unimaginable. Uh, the peacock um, and, and uh, the swan is a different thing. But guide dogs. What, what is the policy uh, with guide dogs? Well, I think, I think it, it does go back these days to individual airline discretion um, and I think that if you pay for I think you have to pay for a seat you can't just have an animal on a seat beside you without paying for it but I think if you pay for an animal seat there are a lot of airlines will let you take the animal with you as, a, as another passenger um, they're much better at doing that in the States mind you um, perhaps because airline travellers um, is very much a sort of is treated in the same way as we might treat buses or trains in this country that's happened so often um, in this country in Ireland it's quite difficult to get air, uh, air, airlines to take pets at all um, you know in the hold never mind on a seat beside you so um, th- th- it's much more restricted in what you're allowed to do Right. Uh, a quick question. My dog is 14 years old. I think it is having difficulty seeing. Do, do, um, do dogs lose their sight as they get older? 
They often do, yes indeed. Most common cause is cataracts and if that's the case, if you look into his eyes you'll see um, normally in a young animal there's a kind of black hole in the middle of the eye that's the pupil and in older animals that have, have cataracts that turns a kind of greyish white or even pure white colour. So um, it's like the, if you imagine if there's transparent glass in the middle of the eye normally, that, that transparent glass turns into a frosted grass kind of um, consistency so the dog can't see out then. So yes, it's very common for dogs to go a little bit blind as they get older. Very good. Okay, yeah. deaf, uh, just as well. Deaf as well, yeah. No, yeah. and deaf probably even more commonly so. Right. To the extent that you, often you come downstairs and you find your dog sleeping <laughs> and they, they won't notice that you've walked into the room and then you go up and you... Sometimes you might wonder, are they alive still? Because they're just lying there so still. So you go and touch them, and as soon as you touch them, they leap into the air because they didn't realise you were there beside them. Yeah, so, so they used to, used to be common. great at deterring the burglars, and now <laughs> you don't even know. Oh, yes. All right. Pete Weatherburn, our vet. Here you can hear this broadcast again on Pete's website, which is petethevet.com. If you want to have a chat with Pete in person, Old Connor Avenue in Bray is where the uh, Bray vet practice is. Thanks very much indeed. Thank you, Pete. Declan. Good to see you as usual. Thank you.